So do you ever worry that maybe your scenes are losing your reader in some way? Like maybe they're boring your reader or there's not enough going on in them. Um, You're not sure exactly what to put in the scene or maybe you know what needs to go in there in terms of, you know, what the scene is about, what events are happening, but you're still just a little worried that it's not coming across to the reader as very exciting or it's not pulling them through the narrative, something like that. Well, today we're going to talk about scene structure, and I'm basically going to give you um, one, two, three, four, five (laughs) questions that you can ask yourself to make sure that your scenes are on track and that they are not losing the reader in any way. Okay, stay tuned. Hey there, aspiring fiction author. Do you dream of writing fiction that connects with readers and makes you money? Do you struggle to finish your manuscripts, dealing with indecision as to the plot or all-out writer's block? Are you sick of feeling that each time you write and publish a book, you're rolling the dice as to how the book will be received and how much money, if any, you'll make? Tired of hearing that marketing is a game of luck and testing and hopefully one day it will all come together for you. So you either give up amassing a file full of half-finished manuscripts and stop marketing all together because nothing seems to be working, or you push through feeling constantly uncertain and wondering how on earth the top selling authors on Amazon are doing it. There is a way to simplify and streamline, a step-by-step process you can follow so you can finish your books with confidence, know your marketing will get results, and build a fiction business that sustains you. Hi, I'm Liesl, fiction coach, Christian manifestation enthusiast, and USA Today bestselling author. Want to steal all my secrets? Grab a pen and paper and put on your comfy slippers, because I'm about to teach you fiction writing and marketing secrets not being taught in the fiction author space, and those secrets will make all the difference in your fiction author success. Let's dive right in. So I've been focusing a lot lately on marketing and mindset and a lot of things um, that have to do with me launching my new program in February that I'm very, very excited about. But it suddenly occurred to me that I had not done a good old fashioned writing tips kind of episode in a while. So um, I have had people asking me a lot about scene structure lately. So I decided to talk about that. So scenes can be tricky, right? We know what needs to happen in our story, but... Um, We want to make sure that we're writing it in a way that, you know, basically creates a page turner that the readers are just going to want to keep consuming. They just got to turn the page and see what happens. But how do we do that exactly? Well, um, what I can tell you is that contrary to popular belief, (laughs) your scenes don't have to be arbitrary. Okay. And, And what I mean by arbitrary is most authors, they, again, you probably know what's going to happen in the scene when you sit down to write it. Like, you know, what big events need to go in there, but you don't know exactly how to position the scene or present the scene in a way that uh, you are really, really confident will keep the reader reading and, you know, hopefully salivating for the next scene and what comes after and what's going to happen and what the outcome is going to be, right? So um, again, it doesn't have to be arbitrary. Most authors just sit down and write, you know, whatever comes into their mind to try to get that across on the page. And while that's not a bad thing, I mean, that's maybe a good first draft, You really need to be more intentional about your scenes than that, okay? There are particular things you can do and particular things you should do and put in your scenes to make sure that they aren't boring or that they aren't pointless or that they, um, you know, are always pointing the reader toward the climactic moment of the story. So here I'm going to give you some questions you can ask yourself. So grab a paper and pen if you possibly can and uh, write these down. So the first one is kind of what I just said. The scene always needs to be pointing the reader toward the ultimate outcome of the story. Now, that can be a little bit tricky if you're a pantser and don't know exactly how the story is going to end yet. Um, But if that's the case, then it's just going to take you a little bit longer to do this. You need to wait till you, I mean, 
I don't mean wait to write, but uh, figure out your story first, get to the ending. And then when you go back, you can go through and do this and make sure that all of these things are contained within each scene. Okay. But your scene should always in some way be pointing the reader toward the ultimate outcome of the story. If you're off on a tangent on something that really has nothing to do with the climactic moment, it's never going to come back into the story. Then that scene is probably not necessary for your book. Um, there is one exception to this, and that is if you have already planned out a full series and you're putting in seeds for books that will be later in the series, that can be okay. Um, but again, it's because you have that plan. You have, you know, the ultimate outcome and you know how that's going to end up being relevant. If you have absolutely no idea, I would wait to put it in. You know, maybe you can fit it in later in the story once you do have a plan, but Here's the thing, if you're throwing something in and you don't have a plan for it and you're just kind of hoping that maybe eventually you'll figure out a way to make it relevant, that actually is going to come through to your reader more than more than you think it will. You know, they're either going to be expecting it to be relevant and when it's not, they're going to be ticked off and you're going to get bad reviews because it's going to feel like something you set up and then didn't pay off. Or... Um, I think I've said this before, that the energy with which you write a story comes through to your reader. So a lot of them are going to feel like that's just a tangent and they're going to get bored with it. And it might not even be a boring tangent. It might be a really exciting tangent, but if it has nothing to do with the story, they're going to be very fixated on the story. They're in the story with the characters. They're on that journey. And if this has nothing to do with the journey, even if it's kind of interesting, they're going to be bored with it because they can kind of sense that it's not relevant to the story, right? So just make sure that every single scene you write is very, very relevant. It has a very specific purpose and it is pointing the reader toward that ultimate outcome, you know, whatever the plan may be. All right. Now you might hear number two, you might hear people talk about how a scene should always turn. What does that mean? It just means that we need to, in every scene, receive new information of some kind. If you haven't received new information, then it's not much of a scene. Now, I've said before in the past that maybe it doesn't have to be new information. Maybe it needs to be a decision the, the um, character makes or, um, you know, it just doesn't specifically have to be new information. But I've kind of rethought that a little bit because even if your scene is about a character making a decision, say. So it literally is just, they have this possibility, they have that possibility, they don't know what they're gonna do and this scene is them finally making the decision. There still has to be some reason they made that decision. So whether it's because they reasoned it through in their mind or they actually got new outside information, it still is kind of a matter of getting new information. Um, and maybe that's splitting hairs, but working something through in your mind and deciding on one over the other, it means that they came up with some sort of internal information that helped them make that decision. And you could also argue that it's new information for the reader because we now know what they're planning to do. Okay, so either way, it's just a good way to word it to make sure we get some sort of new information that we didn't have before. And that will make the scene important. It will make it relevant and the reader will sort of subconsciously understand why that scene was in the book and be like, oh, okay. And then of course, because a decision has been made or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever's happening in the scene, it's going to push the character forward in the narrative. You know, this new information is always going to push them toward a decision of some kind. And so that's pushing the story forward, right? Um, so that's the other part of the scene turning is we need to make sure that it is pushing the character toward some action or some decision of some kind. Uh, if the character is in the exact same place at the end of the scene as they were at the beginning of the scene, that's probably not a very good scene. And again, it doesn't mean that they have to take massive action in that scene, but even if it's something where they just feel an emotion, emotions are what push us toward action and toward decisions. So, um, 
again, let, let's say that the character is just trying to make a decision about something because that's like a very non-action-y sort of chapter. And let's say it's um, something like a romance and a woman trying to choose between two men. Even if she doesn't actually choose between them, if she has an emotional reaction that pushes her toward one or the other, that still qualifies, right? So we just need to um, see that in the scene. And I, you know, this may be a good place to point out that I really do believe that while action is great and you should probably have some sort of action in every scene, even if it's just the character going through everyday motions, um, emotion is actually more important than action when it comes to making the scene turn. Because you can have action, you know, them actually taking action on something or not, but the emotion of pushing them toward one or the other, or maybe even emotions that are still making them be undecided, but you're still feeling those emotions, that's really what's going to draw the reader in. You need to have the emotion in the scene, okay? So that's a really important thing. All right, number three. Um, when you're writing your scenes, I want you to go through at the beginning, before you start writing, and ask yourself what emotions are each character feeling at the beginning of the scene, the end of the scene, and what is their reaction to the new information in the scene? Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. In order to create a dynamic scene that does turn so that it feels like something changed, something was different in that scene, we need to know what the emotions of the characters were at the beginning of the scene. Okay, we also need to identify what they were at the end. Now, for the most part, at least some of them, if not all of them, their emotions need to change at least a little bit. Again, that's just how you create that turn in the scene. It's how you create the dynamic of the scene. So I wouldn't, I would be worried if all of your characters felt exactly the same way at the end of the scene as they did at the beginning. Um, but it's also possible if you have multiple characters that some of them, their emotions will change and others of them won't. So that's okay. Um, so we know what they are at the beginning. We know what they are at the end. And then we need to know what their reaction to the new information is. You know, how do they feel about that? So let's say that your character has a plan of action of some kind. You know, they're, they're planning to take a particular strategy to, I don't know, win a battle or something. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is, depending on what you're writing. And the new information they get changes things. It shows that that plan is not going to work. So now your character has a choice. They can either do A or B, and both of them kind of have bad consequences. They're both not good choices, right? So if this is the scene you're writing, you need to know how the character feels at the beginning of the scene. Maybe they're feeling very confident because they have this plan of action. They're determined, they're confident, they're gonna move forward with it. Well, by the end of the scene, they're suddenly not confident anymore, okay? What they had confidence in is not working and now they have this terrible decision to make that's gonna have a bad outcome either way. And so now they're frustrated and they're um, maybe a little bit fearful and they don't know what to do. And then you're gonna talk about the new information and how did they react to that? They were probably kind of shocked by it. They were probably dismayed by it. They're probably um, despairing a little bit because it's changing things and it means that their plan they were so confident in is not going to work anymore, okay? If you can identify those um, emotions for each character in the scene, you're going to naturally write them into the scene better. And again, it's the emotion more than the action that's going to pull the reader in and make that chapter really, really grip them and want to keep reading, okay? So you got to figure out what the emotions are for the characters at the beginning and the end and what their reaction to the new information was. Um, all right, so number, what are we on, four? Um, make sure that you set the scene at the beginning. Um, this is really important because you, just like at the very beginning of your book, you really want to ground your reader in the scene right away. So you, you want to try to do this in as few words as possible. If you can just do it in a single sentence, that would be great. So instead of just jumping right into what Frodo is doing or what Frodo is thinking, because 
not that those things are bad by any means, but if you just jump right into them, the reader's going, whoa, whoa, what's what's going on? Where is he? What's happening, right? But if you start the scene by just saying something, you know, again, a single sentence, as few words as possible, like, Frodo stared down the road through the woods that he'd been walking for the last hour. Boom. I mean, the reader knows exactly what's going on, where he is, what he's doing. Then you can start thinking or um, talking about what he's thinking or what he's doing, right? So that's something that I see a lot of people forgetting to do. They just jump into kind of the action of the scene or the thoughts of the character because, of course, that's what's paramount in their mind. That's what the scene is about. But make sure to set the scene because that goes a long way toward grounding the reader in what is happening. All right. Um, and number five, I'm going to talk about the end of the scene. You want to make sure to end the scene on either A, a character action, B, a character intention, or C, a character emotion, one of those things. So um, an action would, you know, obviously be them doing something. You know, they they got this new shocking information and they went running from the room. Okay, that would be a way to end it on action. And that tends to be pretty exciting for the reader and they're gonna wanna turn the page and find out what the character is gonna do. Now, if that doesn't work for the scene that you're doing, maybe you can end it on an intention. You know, maybe you want the character to stay there where they're at and be deep in thought. And that's that's fine. That's a perfectly fine way to end a scene. But then you need to get some internal dialogue going or some internal emotion going and talk about either what they intend to do about it. So something like, okay, well, this is a new thing and somehow the character is going to have to figure this out. You know what I mean? You're, you're kind of giving an intention so that it feels like it's sort of what I call kicking the reader into the next scene because we have this ongoing intention going on. Okay. Or the other thing, of course, you can do is an emotion. And the emotion can mean, I mean, it can kind of go hand in hand with the intention. How they feel about it is probably going to inform their intention somehow, but it can also be a negative feeling like they're sitting there feeling heartbroken because they just got this new information or something like that. The point is any of those are going to really grip the reader and make them want to read more. So if you just end the scene without any of those, then it starts to feel like the stage directions of a play and there's just no emotion in that and you're probably gonna lose your reader a little bit. Or at the very least, they're not gonna be excited to turn the page and keep reading, right? And that's not what you want. You want them to keep going. So obviously not every single scene needs to end on a cliffhanger, but by using one of these three things, either the character action, the character intention, or the character emotion, it acts as almost a psychological cliffhanger for the reader and just in the sense that it makes them want to keep reading because they're sensing that the story is not over and they want to read more, right? So that can be a really powerful way to not only end the scene, but to keep them turning pages and get them into the next scene, okay? So let's recap, uh, go over those again. This is going to be kind of a short episode today, but I just wanted to give you some... <clears throat> pointers on scene structure because I have had a lot of people asking me about it lately. I apologize if my voice feels like it's going a little bit because I, I think it is going a little bit, but we're going to power through here. Um, all right. So once again, the five pointers, number one, make sure that every scene is somehow relevant and pointing your reader toward the ultimate outcome of the story, whether that is in this book or perhaps in the series at large. Okay. Number two, make sure the scene turns, which generally means we need new information of some kind. This information can be an emotion on the character's part. It can be outside information. It can be internal information, but we need something that changes something for the reader. And usually that comes in the form of some, some sort of new information. Um, it also needs to push the character in one direction or another. So even if the character doesn't make 
a particular decision within the scene, it still needs to push them toward a particular decision. All right. Um, number three, we need to figure out what the emotions of each character in the scene are at the beginning, at the ending, and what the reaction to the new information is. That way we can create that dynamic, the change in the scene. And we're also, if we already know that, we'll be more likely to consciously write that into the scene, uh, which is obviously going to make it a more powerful scene. Um, number four, you need to make sure that you set the scene at the beginning. So just ground the reader in where the character is and what they're doing so that as the scene begins, they can immediately envision what's going on. Okay, that's super important so that you don't lose them because it doesn't matter how well your scene is written. If you lose them the first line or the first paragraph, they're not going to get to any of the good stuff anyway. All right, and finally, end the scene on either a character action, a character intention, or an or a character emotion because it ends the scene very powerfully and tends to kick them into the next scene, make them want to turn the page. It's kind of a secret to writing page turners or one of many secrets anyway. All right, so that is what I have for you today. I hope that that helps you in your scene writing and um, that you can kind of be a little bit more intentional about how you set up the events in your scene moving forward. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure and register for the free training that is coming up called How to Use Secret Reader Triggers to Write Better Stories, Sell More Books, and Create a Sustainable fiction business. It is a free training that I'm running for the next few weeks. You can uh, sign up for it at bit.ly forward slash secret reader triggers, and I will link that up in the show notes. All right, everybody have a fantastic week. Go out there and write those stories that only you can write and bring to your readers. And I wish you all the happiness, creativity, and royalties that your heart desires. Bye guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.